everybody to the Dirty Slides Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from my home office in Los Angeles, California, joined today by my constant co-host, the Cal Ripken of co-hosting. He's here every week. He's here every day from his home bar in Venice, California, my man, Andy Lazarus. What it is, Joe. How you doing today, bud? Oh, Andy, we, uh, I, I, I literally just finished watching my Mets lose, uh, to the Phillies for the second time in three Mm -hmm. days. We had a delayed start to our, um, to our season, but got, got a little COVIDy with the Nats. Got a little COVIDy. Everybody was getting a little handsy, touching their noses, touching each other's faces, but, uh, in their pillows. We finally, we finally got going. And now we're, you know, hopefully, hopefully we will look back on this day and we'll say, you know, sometime in late September, we'll be like, this is the, you know, the Mets have not been under 500 since April 7th. Since Um, since the COVID start to the season. Tomorrow is our home opener. And I want to, I only say that because it is a nice segue into what I want to get out up front because on podcasts, a lot of times we save the plugs till the end, and I want to make sure yeah. I, I lead it here. But I will be at the uh, April 15th Jackie Robinson Day game uh, at City Field, and the night before that, and the night before that on April 14th, Wednesday evening, I am running my own show at uh, the Stand in New York, the Comedy Club, the Stand NYC, where I recorded my special. They're calling it Joe Prano back at the Stand and nice uh, so i'll be doing a night of comedy there so if you are listening to the show and you live in the new york tri-state area or um you know got the love in your heart to come from further away than the new york tri-state area uh go to my twitter go to my instagram bio go wherever and uh find the link to tickets and come the don't wait till the last minute if you're thinking about coming because there is a uh you know very very limited seating now do it sh- now now that shows are back do inside it now so come there and uh and i'll be going to my first ball game while i'm in new york andy and uh it'll be it'll be just over a week into the season for the mets almost two weeks into the season uh for the rest of baseball we sit here one week in and uh first thing first thing that i want to do before we even take a look around the league and talk sure. about week one we talked a lot about it um on the dirty sports podcast on monday but i wanted to get your thoughts uh as by far the most probably left person of the dspn family maybe <laughs> maybe you and tug What's your thought? What's your thoughts on Major League Baseball moving the All Star Game from Atlanta and moving it to Colorado in response to, you know, what any sane and reasonable person knows is a 
uh, sort of ridiculously at least timed uh, voter 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 let's just call it voter making suppression. it making it hard yeah voter suppression making it hard to vote georgia yeah fuck you you don't get the all-star game suck it sorry <laughs> you know you want the all-star game don't make it hard to vote i don't know you know i, I mean i'm totally i'm a hundred percent with you and uh you know the argument that i hear a lot um you know the the sort of straw man argument in response to this is keep politics out of sports to which, as I said, on the dirty sports is uh, there, there's nothing more political than making a deal with politicians to tax their citizens and then build a ballpark with that tax money. And then in exchange be awarded some tourism dollars in the form of the all-star game. Like the all-star game is only there because of politics. And now for political reasons, it was taken away, but I agree with you hundred percent. And since we did the, the, you know, the reason I bring it up is, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, we covered it sufficiently on the dirty sports podcast. I don't think anybody needs to hear my opinion of it anymore. Um, Yours opinion, your opinion is pretty cut and dry. Um, Yeah. But the uh, I read an article on the athletic and shout out to the dirt ball uh, who gave us an athletic subscription for the year. And um, what they claim, you know, in this article is that actually the decision by Manfred, you know, everybody says, follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. Um, Rob Manfred is a uh, registered Republican. Can't say we're surprised about that. Right. And uh, what this article assumes is that, uh, quote, if the game had remained in Atlanta, Manfred would have been seen by some as betraying the league's black players for months. Anyone potentially connected to the game, including players, might have been asked whether they would participate. A major protest or even boycott of the game by some players could have been the end result which obviously is important. And then the second part of that, and I think probably the most important, at least some of the sponsors too were said to be concerned. Some in the industry believe Manfred predominantly followed the money on behalf of the owners. If the sponsors were to grow jittery, it would have affected the owner's bottom lines. So what they are suggesting is that Rob Manfred actually did not make a decision um, based on social awareness. He made a decision out of fear that sponsors would pull out of the all-star game and potentially players would pull out of the all-star game. Uh, yeah. I mean, both things can be true, you know, um, you know, good for him for uh, either a following the money or knowing that like he's going to have a bigger problem on his hands if, Mookie say Mookie Betts says, you know, I'm not going to the all-star game, you know, they made it hard to vote in Georgia, you know? And I think another thing, uh, I mean, if you don't want, if you don't want players to, to protest, don't do stupid shit, you know, right, right. don't do evil shit. And I don't I th- know. And I think the, the, the other part of it is, you know, where we live in this world now where, um, something like this happens, uh, ben Shapiro gets on a soapbox or three soapboxes since he's a four foot three cuck and uh, screams about 
We're gonna we're boycotting the MLB and we're boycotting. Black Panther is a terrible movie. Yeah, we're boycotting <laughs> and, and and WAP makes me uncomfortable. I can tell you for sure, my wife has never been wet. It's fully dry down there. That's a biological deficiency <laughs> if you're wet. Um, so we have all this happen, but what tends to happen, and I don't know if you saw this with Little Nas X, but. He's got the biggest song in America right now. Right, it, right, it right. Actually, right. it actually blows up people's shit. It makes them more popular. The same way as you know, suddenly Shane Gillis can headline all across the country, uh, right? Despite not being on SNL, and then it settles pretty quickly, and they'll move on to Piers Morgan saying, you know, the the Royals, the black, the white Royals should be allowed to be racist, and they'll move on to their next right. thing. And come July, we're not even going to mention that it's in Colorado. We're just going to have the game there. Whereas, as this you know article kind of suggested, a keeping it there would have been an issue from now until July. Whereas, you know, in this way, you pull it out, you potentially save sponsors and and players boycotting. Yeah, you have you have the Clay Travises of the world scream about it for two days. And then they sure. move on to, you know, saying that if you like the NBA, you're, you know, a Chinese communist murderer. And they sure. just go back, you know, they just go back to business. So I actually think um, I've come around since Dirty Sports on Monday. I will say it's actually probably a smart decision in terms, not not just like a logically, you know, you've gotten you caught up. To get out in front of it. Yeah. And just yeah. like, we're done. Absolutely. And, and yeah, we're done. That's we'll what you get. Out, it'll, it'll be out of the news cycle in four days. Yeah. That's what you get for being an asshole. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Kemp, you know, <laughs> what do you want? Right. I mean, it's just like Nick Castellanos fucking flexing on the pitcher who hit him in the ribs. That's what you get. So I know, you know? that I know that you don't to, want some won't be some. You wanted to get right into Nick Castellanos uh, early, yeah. early, Early uh, dog, due to dog, the, dog out of the, due the year for, for due yeah. to the week, at least the due to the week, you know, due to the opening week. Um, you know, I, I, I liked, I liked everything about it. I like that. He took the pitch in the ribs. He rolled it back to the pitcher. He went to down to first base and, um, you know, back when I was playing and I had more piss and vinegar in my life, you know, like if I got hit with a pitch anywhere besides like the face, you know, if I get hit, in the, uh, I would just go down to first base and I'm like, I'm going to steal second base and I'm going to come and score. And that was really it. And that was the game, you know. So uh, when he came around and scored and slid into home and flexed on the pitcher, I had zero problem with it, you know. And and it seemed like it was great. everybody had zero problem with it, except, of course, Yadi Molina. Yeah, and you know what? Fucking Nick Costanos had zero problem with that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Yachty has a problem with it. I respect Yachty. He's a real one. Cool. You know, keep it moving. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, I, I've said it before. Like, I'm not anti-Batflip. I'm just also not anti-whining when you get – you when you have to wear one. Right. And I'm – Certainly not anti guys, you know, hitting people on purpose, not on purpose, brushing them back, hitting them, you know, 
on accident, but on purpose, all that it's all part of the game. But if you hit a guy and then he comes around, I'm very okay with him flexing over you. Like he, <laughs> yeah. just hit, like he just hit you with the stone cold stunner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, and if that inspires more kids to play baseball, great. Like, I love these kids showing their emotions, you know, it's going to be a long season. And, um, you know, the, like you said, the Reds started off four and one, but we don't really expect them to be great this year, but they'll be exciting. You know, they'll be bat flipping and flexing and fucking getting in fights with the Cardinals. But I mean, like, who doesn't get in fights with the Cardinals? The Cardinals are pretty salty themselves. You know, it'll be fun. Well, you talked about uh, that it's going to be a long season and it's it's going to be a long season pretty quickly for some guys. It seems like and I'm wondering if what your opinion of this is. Mm-hmm. Seems like an abnormal number of stars are hurt. We already have Tatis, Judge, Springer still out. Uh, Tim Anderson gets hurt. Bellinger. Do you do you think this has anything to do with them essentially playing like a Mickey Mouse season last year and COVID protocols in the off season? They can't all throw dumbbells together and throw medicine balls and spring training is dicey. Like, wh- what do you attribute this to, or is this just? a weird, you know, it just happens to be stars right now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, with judge, I mean, he's hurt every year, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, I don't know. You think even though, you know, they, you know, they can't go to the gym, they can, you know, everybody can stretch, right? <laughs> Stre- stretching's yeah. overrated when you're in your twenties. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> The, the only um, reason I didn't, yeah. I didn't when I was in my twenties, but like you should, let me, I don't tell you, know. let me talk about stretching in your twenties right now. The only reason yeah. to stretch in your twenties is that you're going to one day be in your forties. A hundred percent. I feel like, 100%. I, I feel like it didn't hurt me back in the day, but that lack of stretching hurts me now significantly. I think it hurt me back in the day, not being able to touch my toes. I think like you go from one level of athlete to another, once you can, you know, straddle and, and grab your feet and touch your toes. I mean, yeah, but I was the same as you. I was like stretching. That's for commies and pussies. Who needs it? Yeah. 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 But now (laughs) it's from the pool. Stretching is for commies. (laughs) <laughs> may be a, an outkick headline this week right exactly if you stretch exactly. you Charles. are a chinese communist party <laughs> pawn <laughs> uh the number one most important star injured star that we have to talk about is our boy sort of, yeah sort of almost almost this the third face of the uh dirty slides podcast Right, right. Fernando Tatis Jr., who has a, a, a shoulder separation. It, like, what's weird is a non-contact, you know, swing finish it, shoulder injury. It looked like an oblique pull to me, like when it happened. Did they say it was a shoulder thing? It did, and apparently it's been a, that can't a, be great. A, a recurring <laughs> thing. Now, you, Andy Lazarus, are a man who has battled with shoulder injuries. Yeah, yeah. How many games, mm. if, if they're saying no surgery, right? Mm-hmm. No surgery for uh, Tatis, but it's a shoulder injury. 
How many games? Depends what that is. How many games does he play this season? Uh, that is, re- that's really up in the air. It really depends. You know, if it's a, a strained labrum, it's probably 10 days. If it's a labral tear, you know, that's probably a, a shot of black baby stem cells and, <laughs> um, three weeks, four weeks, you know, if it's something worse than that, it, it could be six months. You just, he just can't get that that process procedure done in Georgia. We know that. Right. Right. We know that. Yeah. He's got a quick, quick trip down to Colombia. Get that done. Uh, well, I am hopeful that he's back soon. I'm hopeful that the no surgery. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I hope it's an oblique strain. I hope it's not a shoulder thing. Let me ask you this about the San Diego Padres who you predicted would win the NL West who I predicted. Yeah would make the playoffs and win more NL Wests in the next five years than the Dodgers. But I think I still sadly said the Dodgers almost reverse jinxing, jinxing them. Yeah. Do the, do the Padres have any shot at a, even a po- sniffing the postseason if Fernando Tatis Jr. Misses 50 baseball games? I think so. I think they do because of those, the pitching additions they made you know clevenger is back healthy and uh blake snell and uh what's the japanese guy uh uh you darvish you darvish i think they do they do have a chance you know you still got machado and you still you got will myers who just destroys the giants i don't know if he destroys anybody else but he he's a giant murderer i love will Myers. Uh, he's a i mean a, a no batting gloves guy yeah you know, I wish I was that cool. I always had to wear BGs, you know. Um, and uh, the first baseman from Kent Hosmer, he's, he's still pretty good. Um, so I think they have a chance. Okay. But, um, yeah, without Tatis, that's going to suck for a little bit. Well, But they I still want, got some monsters. I want to dive right into the standings and just go through yeah. sort, of, sort of where we're at so far this year and just, you know, get your, get your thoughts and takeaways. Um, I want to start with the AL East. And the reason I want to start with it is the New York Yankees are three and two. And before we run down the rest of the league, I saw a incredible stat, which is that uh, Mike Giancarlo Stanton uh, in the history of the stat cast era has the hardest hit ball every single season that's wild right because he has a a, the flattest swing i feel like for anybody in the big leagues and like launch angle he's not a launch angle guy you know he's not swinging up no he's swinging down or flat across and uh yeah i mean he's a monster dude he's so big He's so um, big, and I gotta say, I, um, Ruther and I went to the home run derby in San Diego a few years ago, and oh yeah, the just the trajectory of his home runs were different than every single other guy hitting, and, right? And, and he know, could get those home runs out faster because they're basically line drives, and like he's not waiting for these balls to come down, and then he's back and hitting. He's almost. 
it's almost a cheat code for the uh, home run derby with Giancarlo Stanton. The thing about Giancarlo Stanton is they're paying him a ton of money. He has the hardest hit ball in the entirety of the stack ass era every season. And he is, I mean, he was, he was Oh, for to start at one for to start. He's now got his average up to, you know, two thirty eight. So he's, you know, he's five for 21. So he's kind of just like mm-hmm. got himself together. But last year, you know, he hit two fifty. Uh, yeah. In, in, you know, I think, I guess he had, I don't know how many at bats last year, a hundred at bats, 80 at bats, something like that last year. Cause he was, he was hurt as well, but is, does John Carlos Stanton like besides the stat cast, does he have the ability to be like an effective productive player player for the Yankees this year? I think, I mean, here's, here's my problem with the, him going to the Yankees. I think it, it stunted his growth as a baseball player in a way. He's not even sniffing the outfield anymore. He's just a DH. And even yes. when Judge goes down, it'll be interesting to see if they throw him out there. But, like, I feel like being a DH so young is a slippery slope. And you just – you can get into this mindset of, like, hey, they're paying me to hit home runs. They're not paying me to go out the field. They're not paying me to own a glove. I'm just hitting home runs. And, uh, you know, your total game can suffer that way. Yeah. You know? if you're not playing the entire game. So I'm not sure it's great for him to be the Yankee 28 year old DH. Yeah. You know, I think he'd be better off in the national league. To tell you the truth. Um, well, the Yankees, so I don't know. Lead, the Yankees are leading that division at three and two, the Baltimore Orioles have won more games in, in a week than I thought they'd win in the first month. They're three and two. Matt Harvey shoved the other day. <laughs> the, the dark, dark night rises. Back. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays are three and three sitting in third. The Red Sox are three and three sitting in four, sitting in tied for third. And the Tampa Bay Rays, who I think, you know, apparently it is not a consensus that they'll have a down year this year. I think it's a consensus on this show. I think it's just so obvious that that's what the Rays do, um, that they're not, you know, a world series contender this year, but obviously it's early. They're two and four. They haven't played a home game yet. Um, but again, this, I think the story, I know it's only five games, but if I had to pick a story, it's the three and two Orioles only playing road games so far. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Giants have played all road games. Yeah. As They're three the, and three. As yeah. of the Mets. Um, yeah. So. I mean, th- we might be following the Orioles this year. Who knows? You know? How many w- more weeks do you think they can keep it above 500? Oh, uh, what? Z- what zero? <laughs> uh, <laughs> zero? Two days? <laughs> yeah. But still, you got to start somewhere. You know, uh, I was talking to Ruther about this and he had the the actual stats in front of it, but I knew in my heart that this was true as well. I don't remember what he quoted me, but, and I, I'm sure that you have sensed this too. I never knew the, the math behind it, but I, I can say for certainty in my entire life, when a team starts hot, I feel like they tend to be in the mix at the, at the end. And when teams start, and I mean, really like, listen, three and two is not hot. Right. Um, did, did the Mets start very, very hot a couple of years ago? 
Yes, Andy. That was the uh, that was, I believe, our first year of the Dirty Slides podcast. Okay. Listen, okay. the Mets. The Mets are. I don't want to punch holes in your sales already, but right. The Mets are yeah are outliers in general. Uh, the Mets have by far the greatest opening day record in Major League Baseball history. Like it, they're they've 80, is that true? Yeah, they've uh, statistically like eighty points higher winning percentage than anybody else in baseball. Yeah. And how's that turned out for us? You know? Um, yeah, not good. And we've had, we've had some, we've had some good years. We've had some bad years. Uh, we've had some good starts. We've had some bad starts. So yeah, the Mets are total outliers, but, and again, the, the Orioles starting three and two is really neither here nor there. Basically the story in the AL East right now is the Yankees are three and two in first you know, tied for first with the Orioles and Tampa Bay's two and four. So not a whole lot of a surprise. And that's, you know, pretty much the kind of same around the league, but I, you know, listen, we're doing dirty slides podcasts after not recording for, you know, 15 months or something like that. And I'm going to give props to the goddamn Baltimore Orioles for being above yeah. 100 after a week. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the game is better when the Orioles are good? Are they like the, the Cowboys? I, the I, Lakers. I, I kind of think that is it baseball is. bet. You know, I kind of right? think that it is like, like there's no national games of, you know, a Camden yards. I don't see enough Camden yards. If the Orioles have stunk. If you had to rank the importance of the AL East teams to like baseball in general, mm-hmm. I think we would go Yankees, Red Sox almost together. Right. Orioles. Orioles. Blue Jays. Blue Jays, uh, you know, have to bring some fire for Canada. Yeah. And then the fucking race. No one gives a no right. one gave a fuck the Rays were in the World Series last year. <laughs> if the Orioles were in the World Series. Rays manager didn't even give a fuck that the Rays were in the World Series last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, The AL Central, the Minnesota Twins. Um, that's do, my guys. Do not want to hear that I that I don't consider them favorites in the AL central anymore. They're leading the division of four and two. The Kansas city Royals are three and two. The Detroit Tigers are three and three. The Chicago white Sox, uh, my world series pick from the AL is three and four. And the Cleveland Indians are two and three Kansas city. Another team, although I don't didn't hate on them as much as I hated on Baltimore, um, because I think that they've got a good organization and they know what they're doing, but also over 500 after a week, you got to love it. Hey, let's go. But your twenties, your twenties are four and two. They have a, uh, they have the, I believe highest run differential in baseball besides of course, um, the Cincinnati big red machine <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Houston the Astros, reds and the Houston Astros who I can only assume are once again, cheating. Yeah. So in the AL West, um, the Houston Astros are five and one. The Los Angeles Angels are four and two. The Texas Rangers are three and three. The Mariners are three and three. And the Oakland Athletics are one and six. That's a uh, bad for my AL pick right there. The Oakland A's. Oh man. Well, the AL yeah, West. They look like they stink. The AL West uh, heard that we took away their sexiest division title. And they were like, yeah. not so fast. <laughs> the Houston Astros are five and one. The Angels, Otani in a game hits like a 430 foot bomb and throws 102. 
or 101 uh, in the same game. They're that's very sexy. The very Texas sexy. Rangers and the Seattle Mariners, a young and upcoming Mariners team, are 500. And then, of course, the Oakland Athletics, who have played every single day, are are one and six. And and yeah, I mean, I'll just say it. I know they're your squad. They look they look bad. Yeah, they do. They do. I I did not expect that. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen them play yet, but I did see the standings, and I was like, "Holy shit, what happened?" And what um, we, what you know, t- at, at a certain point, maybe you know those guys just get tired of being run into the ground, paid nothing, have to pay for their own cokes, and they go in the clubhouse. And maybe this is a protest. Maybe the A's are just—it's a—it's a fucking shit in. They're just like, we're going to be shitty. Uh, we know you're not making any money. Fuck you. We're not, we're not going to be good. I'm not paying for these Cokes. Fuck you, Billy Bean. I'm not paying for this. We're out. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know what? And, and uh, you know what? I'm pro-proletariat. So uh, go A's. I think it up. I talked about, you know, this, the, the statistical history here of team starting hot, team starting cold, and how that affects them. Of all the teams that have started hot and or cold, um, I like the future of the Oakland Athletics the least. I think that, you know, this one and six and four and a half games back after a week and just also not being the Oakland Athletics team that we know that's just sitting there at 500, waiting to pounce, waiting to, I mean, yeah, you're five waiting games to under, get hot. You're five games under 500. And, you know, the Nationals haven't played a game yet. I mean, if they have, if they have another week like this and they're two and 12, then I think you can start writing the epitaph of the 2021 Oakland A's. And then, you know, they'll be sold off for parts before May 1st or something. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm by no, no means doing a cross off of the athletics, but you know, there's a, that's a bad start. That's a bad bad start. start. Um, you know, and also it's a bad start when you look at the other one win teams in baseball, uh, the Mets and the nationals both have one win at this point, both have only played three games and, uh, the Rockies, the pirates, the Marlins. I think we expected those three teams, the Rockies, the pirates and the Marlins to yeah. have one, one win after a week. I don't think we expected this from Oakland. So I don't love where Lo- Oakland's at. Um, and sadly, you know, unless they're doing it on purpose, then I I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Maybe Billy protest. He knows something we don't know too. He's like, yeah, no, in the long run, we want to lose the games. This is cost effective. Uh, we move to the national league where the Philadelphia Phillies have jumped out of the gate hot. They go three and oh, in their first series against Atlanta. They're two and one in this series uh, that concluded today with my New York Mets. They even got a win against Jacob deGrom, despite the fact that Jacob deGrom threw an incredible six innings of shutout baseball on on only 77 pitches. But Luis Rojas was like, I seen enough. That's enough. That's enough. Um, (laughs) No more. they, They pull him. I don't know why they're pulling him. After 77 pitches, uh, it will certainly... Was that know, his first start? It was his first start, and they had some time off because of COVID with the Nationals, and they wanted to I pitch. got a thought on that. 
I got a thought on that on why they're doing that. Because I saw Gabe, the babe Kapler, do the same thing with, I guess, our number one guy is Kevin Gossman, who's yep. not that bad. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Um, he was shutting out the uh, Mariners, and they pulled him after 75 pitches. And I think the provi- the thought around the league is that uh, since it was a 60-game season last year, that uh, they're trying to basically ramp up all these arms um, slower than they would have normally. Um, I mean, Jacob DeGrom threw seven of But his... it's pretty frustrating when, like, you know Jacob DeGrom's got more than 77 pitches in him. And, and you know? he, he was throwing 102. Uh, he threw seven of his hardest 25 pitches of his career in the game, I believe was a statistic I saw. Uh, he threw like 20 balls over a hundred or something like that. Um, mm. and they take him out at 77 pitches. Now it works out for me. If things go as planned because they took him out early, he gets to pitch Saturday. Uh, they will skip their fifth starter this week and then he will pitch again on Thursday when I'm in city field. So that's the only here, so- here is. Oh, that's great. So if you're, if you get his third start because Gossman threw like a hundred pitches today. Right. So, and his second start. So, by his third start, you know, you might get a CG shutout with 17 strikeouts and then throwing 100 miles an hour for six straight innings. That'd be cool. I certainly hope so because at this point, the Mets bullpen uh, is not something I want to see. But the Philadelphia Phillies are five and one. They start off hot, they look good. Washington and the Mets are one and two. The Atlanta Braves, after getting swept in their first series, are now two and four. And the Miami Marlins are one and five. Um, Joe Girardi is obviously the man in his first full, full season pulling the strings in Philadelphia. It's early. The Philadelphia. It's early, Andy, but we are, I mean, we're a weekend. All we can give you is week one hot takes. Did we underestimate the potential of this Philadelphia Phillies team? We may have. I mean, because you keep thinking, like, there's a lot of talent on that team. They got, um, you know, Reese Hoskins and uh, Bryce Harper and Real Muto and Segura and shit. I don't know. A lot of studs. Yeah. And um, I think it's probably safe to say that Joe Girardi is a better manager than Gabe Kaplan. Safe to say. So... So what? How many extra wins is Joe Girardi worth? Right? Yep. Is he worth five? And like Gabe Kapler is a minus ten on your seat a war <laughs> every season. So maybe if he's worth five, and simply by not having Gabe Kapler, they're going to win ten more games. So maybe that's you know fifteen more games they win, and we didn't consider it. The um, the Washington Nationals are trying to give everybody COVID. I, like, I don't even know how at this point, the, like, how are these professional sports teams not, how is everybody not vaccinated? Like, they, is, that, is that like, is that not a thing? Are they not all vaccinated? Well, uh, vaccinate, that's a, that's a, man, that's a tough one too. Like, you know, I mean, are my friend Marvin on the, yeah, well, you know, my friend Marvin called me uh, 
the day Hank Aaron died and was like, Laz, they did it again. He just took his vaccination and they killed it. They, they did it again. They got another one of us. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Barb, we don't know. But I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of uh, vaccination trepidation. I have, I have going vac- on. vaccination trepidation, but uh... yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Girardi said, I'm not going to force my guys to take the vaccine. That's a very, you know? that's a very Joe Girardi stance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you'd think so, but I don't know. There was so much COVID in Washington over the, uh, the winter months that maybe it, uh, Mike Rizzo got it. I don't know who's hanging out in Washington in the winter, but whoever the owner is, he spread it all around. We, we head to the NL central, the Cincinnati Reds lose their first game. They win five straight. They're five and one. Their run differential is plus 31 in six games. They're outscoring teams by over five runs a game in wins. And fantastic. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're have we the, underestimated them? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, obviously, Andy Ruther, uh, huge Cincinnati Reds fan, he was there today. Yeah. So, even the Ruther curse couldn't put a damper on <laughs> the, the Cincinnati right Reds. Red machine. Um, It's early, but we're here for hot takes. Are the Cincinnati Reds a 500 baseball team this year? No, I'd say they're above 500. Oh, you say they're above five. Yeah. That's what I was asking. Are they, are they, are they a 500 or better baseball team? Yes. Yes, they are. Wow. I love hot takes. Yes. Love it. I'm here for it. Yes. They're coming for the Cardinals. They just announced their presence with authority, the Yachty and the Cardinals. And the and the Cardinals' red ass manager, I can't remember his name. You know. Yep. The like, uh, hey, this, not so fast, my friend. The St. Louis Cardinals so are right behind them at four and two, so they're not they're not running away with it at five and one. Milwaukee Brewers are three and three. Chicago Cubs are three and three. Pittsburgh Pirates are one and five, as pretty much everybody expected. In right. the AL West, the Los NL Angeles. West? Sorry, the NL West. The Los Angeles Dodgers are five and two. San Diego Padres are five and three with a Tatisless last couple of days. Your San Francisco Giants are three and three. The Arizona Diamondbacks are two and three. And the Colorado Rockies, despite having some interesting offensive performances through the first couple of games, are still one and four. I think it's going to be a very long season for the Rockies, unfortunately. But they got the All Star game. All Star game. Let's go. Bring back Dante Bichette. I want to see Dante in the old timers game. Are they going to do a father son game, the all star game this year? That'd be cool. Get a little uh, Don Baylor, a little. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Get the original Rockies out there. Vinny Castilla. Get the original Rockies. You'll get get Dante Bichette to to pitch to Bo Bichette. Yeah. For for the home run derby. Um, Right. You know, I think. As I said before, the politics of this all-star game thing are that, you know, it's certainly a political move to award these places the all-star game. And I almost think it was almost a political move to move it to Colorado. You know, all the dipshits are like, Colorado's like 9% black, blah, 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 blah. It's even whiter than the whitest place in America. Well, I actually think if we're going to get, you know, minorities who are affected by this 
you know, these voting changes to the all-star game, you know, is the tourism board of Colorado going like, Hey, not white people. Look at this beautiful place where we live. You should come here. Yeah. And this, and, uh, and there's weed. There's yeah. legal weed. There's legal weed. So everybody can right fucking now, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No, good for Colorado. I Make, mean, I, it didn't really, it didn't really matter that it went to Colorado. It just, just that it wasn't in Atlanta. Yeah. You know? And, um, and I'm in favor of for you know we got the we got the home run derby in Colorado that'll be great that's gonna be fun we, yeah it's a lot easier if we want to go to the game that's for sure that's for sure and then you know once all this the politics dies down the campaign that we're already starting here make hashtag make Denver less white is gonna is gonna <laughs> is gonna be totally springboarded by All Star yeah. Weekend yeah when Marcus Stroman is you know starts the game for the NL with a do rag on and fucking, you know, shit yeah, strikeout. Yeah. We're going to make them crip, like, crip hey. walks off the, off the mound. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Let's go. So that's our, that's our look around the league. Um, I do have an update, Andy. We have uh, numerous donations on Randy for rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, so I am, I'm with, if you're hearing this, it is uh it's officially closed. All the all the money that has been Venmoed to us for Randy for Rookie of the Year, uh, upon recording of this episode of the Dirty Slides podcast will now be placed into our rookie Randy for Rookie of the Year fund. And should he win the AL Rookie of the Year, we will pay you out what's looking like probably three times your money, if not if not slightly more than that. So we've got some donations. Uh, let's go randy let's go dirty randy it's like it's just such a great thing to have action on yeah just like absolutely. the whole the whole year absolutely we can, we can vote for we can uh you know the whole year we can just root for randy <laughs> i'm i want to check in on him to see how our our rookie of the yeah year what's what are his stats doing. he is uh in 2021 he is hitting 313 to start the year He's got a run scored. He's five, you know, five for 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got one RBI. He struck out six times, but you know, Mm. how many walks? Strikeouts to walks. OPS is seven Oh one. Yeah. How many walks? He's got one, one walk. So he's six. Yeah. Six strikeouts to one walk. Randy's trying to do too much right now. He's trying to do too much, but you know what? He he wants to please y'all. If he hits three thirteen, he's going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah, but he needs to he needs to settle down on those strikeouts to walks and hit more bombs, be more selective. I agree. Let's go, Randy. I mean, I think Let's we, go. I think we said, and this was the fear, is that you know he he had such a beastie postseason last postseason. Year. Yeah, the guys are going to be thinking about him now. Um, but I still have faith in Randy for ROI. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I think uh, I think you jerk. Uh, your sliders are going to get paid, man. I really do. I really do. Now we are through, as I said, week one, we took a, a look around the league. What stands out to you so far as, you know, is there anything from the season so far that just stands out as like, okay, did, did or did not see this coming? This is interesting. Mm, not really just because it's so early. I just think the thing that really stands out to me is just, um, 
the oodles of young talent all over the league. You know, there are just studs. There are dudes everywhere. Except, you know, on the Giants. But right. um, <laughs> but everywhere else, there's dudes. There's dudes from coast to coast. So um, I was actually thinking about, like, you know, if any of the uh, listeners want to want to, you know, tweet at us or whatever about like, you know, teams, I'm willing to take a deeper dive into, you know, different teams every week. So like I've watched some giants. I've watched, I watched the Yankees and the, and the blue Jays. Um, I saw a little bit of the reds and the Cardinals. I haven't really seen the Dodgers. I've seen a little bit of the Padres, but if you guys want to tweet at us, and say, uh, Laz, you know, go look at the go look at the Twins this week or the White Sox or whatever. I'm willing to check out a couple of games. And I want to add, I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, two two sort of semi plugs. First of all, feel free to slide all the way into the inbox. Dirty slide into our inbox. We are at the dirty slides at gmail.com. So we have okay. we have a, an email address there, and that is the email address that I have been trying to get Twitter support to send us a confirmation email to for fucking months at this point. In addition to sending any and all questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, uh, conversation starters, opinions, and uh, hot takes, cold takes, reactions, whatever, uh, you can send to thedirtyslides at gmail.com, and we will talk about them on the show we love the dirty slide into the inbox we want your thoughts we want to have those conversations you guys drive the show you always have and in addition to that tweet at twitter support and please yeah tell them, please tell them to slide into at fix your life's dms or at andy lazarus's dms the dirty slides twitter Needs to return. There's already been multiple things this season that have, I've been like, that's for the fucking dirty slides. This Shoei Otani going fucking yambo uh, after yeah. you know throwing 101. Like, that needs to be on the fucking dirty slides Twitter. So everybody, please tweet at Twitter support and tell them. Yes, to please. Fix, to fix their fucking life. Free dirty slides. It, it's, it's miserable. I don't know what. I don't know what the issue is. Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about, I know I had a vision of this uh, earlier, and I, I told you that I had a vision of, um, I had a vision of, what's his name? Uh, Steven Matz shoving for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And Steven Matz is already... One and now, I just want. I just want to. I just, we're just going to give you a, a constant Stephen Matz uh, update. He goes six and a third of you know one run ball and gets a win in his first start in Toronto. It's, it's thanks just, a lot. It's just Andy fucking... Alderson. Who who's who's the GM right now of the Mets? Is that Steve? Is that on Steve Cohen? That's is that probably, on Sandy? It's probably on the the fucking sex sex predator that they fired. I'm hoping. That's I'm hoping. Dick Mick. I'm hoping it's not Omar Manaya related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, 
I'm hoping Omar Manaya has not been involved. But here's the things that I could tell you. We're going to keep you updated on what Randy Arozarena is doing this year. I'm going to yeah. tell you, I think the whole, all of baseball's press is going to keep you up to date on Stephen Matt's running away with the Cy Young Award in the AL, which we, are, we certainly are also going to keep you updated on. There's just a couple of things that you can count on here at the Dirty Slides. And me being obsessed with the fact that Stephen Matz is going to figure it out north, but really still south of the border is, uh, is one of them. I hope he does. I hope he does. Because I like that Blue Jay team. They're a fun team. I agree. And the light blue unis, as you pointed out. Listen, I think we're in the golden age of the uh, powder blues right now. We like have- the, 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 the Phillies are doing it. The Cardinals are doing it. The Blue Jays, fire. Um, the Twins are doing it. I bet you the Rangers will do it. I mean, that's five teams. Maybe me, Seattle break those out again. Let me ask you something because I'm actually like, I'm old enough to remember the early eighties when these uniforms were hanging around. Yeah. But I don't remember you're, I mean, you're only a couple of years older than me, but right. Um, is this like a, is this like a Cowboys pants situation where they were like, the pants are green, but on TV they look silver. You know, like wh- wh- why are the pants? Are the Cowboys' pants green? Yeah, they're like w- or yeah. aqua. Yeah, they're like huh. they're like they're like aqua green, but like on seventies color television they looked like silver pants. Like, is there a oh, reason sure. behind the random selection of teams that went with light blue roadies? I'll tell you. I I, I I'll tell you what my reason is. The grays are boring. Gray uniforms suck. You know, there, there was a time when you're, you're in the early 80s when your roadie was more fun. It was light blue. Like Cardinals and the Phillies, the Pete Rose Phillies had them going. You know, the early Ozzie Smith Cardinals had them going. The uh, Cecil Cooper Brewers had them going. The Robin Yount Brewers had them going. You know? I think the Rangers, the Bump Wills Rangers had them going. So I love to see it. And then somewhere around like 1990, everybody went gray. Yeah. You know? I, I think it was and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves had some light blues. Yeah. Some Damaso Garcia light blues. The, some, uh, I, I got to say, my, yeah. fav- my favorite is maybe the Cardinals or the Phillies. Like I like the light blue with the red. Yeah. And- with it. Let, let me add one more thing since we're doing uni watch. Uh, yeah. If we're going to bring back the light blues, which I'm in favor of, certainly in, you know, certainly in small amounts. Like I don't think the whole league should go to the light blues, but I like that there were teams that had it, you know, make, make a homage. Yeah. Let's bring back the V-necks. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a button down day every day. Every day is a button down day. Back in the day, yeah. there, back in the day, there was no, Button down. Bring back the the rodeos. beltless pants, the two button beltless. We brought back you know? stirrups. We brought back right? the brown. Yeah, we brought back uh, Keith Hernandez, uh, who is one of the greatest you know color guys in the history of any sports. Uh, sure, he he 
gave a, a little glimpse into how weird he was today on the Mets broadcast. He said that when he was with the Cardinals, he specifically, for some reason, this was his, uh, this was his um, like little, uh, you know, good luck thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. He wore the stirrup socks and, you know, they had the striped stirrup socks. So yeah, they was, did. There was the white portion of the stirrups. He would cut a small hole in the white portion of the stirrup and it would blend in almost seamlessly with the underneath white sanitary sock. And then depending on how he was hitting, if he was hot, he'd keep it on the same leg. And if he wasn't uh-huh. hot, he would switch legs. He'd switch it. It's a, Makes it, sense. It's, it's one of the weirder, it's one of the weirder fucking, you know, superstitions <laughs> I've ever heard. And I, how many and I, times do you think Gary Thorne has heard that story? Well, you know, it's funny because Gary goes, have you said this before? So it was zero, <laughs> it was zero oh, times really? for Gary Thorne. Zero yeah. times. Even surprised Gary Thorne. And he's like, I think I've mentioned it once or twice. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just giving you fun Mets broadcast tidbits because they're they're calling the games from home, even though they're away. And yeah. Uh, Ron Darling has started more game twos of the season than anybody in basically modern baseball history, but never started an opening day. Wow. He was Mr. Number two. Mr. Number two. Behind Gooden a a bunch, behind, I think they said Coney one time, in Oakland for some time, I think wherever else he was. Like, he started eight game twos right he probably would have been behind like dave stewart in oakland dave stewart in oakland right that right uh behind white gooden or coney i don't know frankie sweet music never started an opening day for you did he probably not probably but that would have been later but probably it would have been like like if darling was still there he might have gotten the nod right right but i found um that, i found that very that is interesting, interesting. Yeah, because you're really good to start a lot of game twos, just not that good. Yeah, really good to start. Like, I mean, think about it this way. Like, how many game two playoffs did he start? Probably six. Yeah, but like, think about it this way. Like, think about the number two. Like, how did how does Glavin not have more game two starts? You know, like, how does. Yeah, like, who did they start like? Who was the game one starter for the Braves? I feel like they mixed it up a lot because they they could have. It yeah. was probably just whoever was, you know, rested more. Yeah. It didn't really it doesn't really matter who you start game one with that staff with Smoltz, uh, Glavin or uh, Maddox. Not really. Right. Like I'd rather start Smoltz or Maddox if I had my if I had my druthers. But then again, you start Glavin, you get six inches off the outside part of the plate. So that's pretty good too. too. <laughs> What uh, the Keith, the, the, the most important Keith story, though, that came up in, in a, besides him getting somehow locked out of his house, like his cat got locked out of the house or some nonsense that he threw in there, which was hilarious. And it happened during a dump. Keith dump Hernandez has a cat. Oh, Haji. He's a very famous cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Keith, Keith and Haji are very famous. And uh, <laughs> and apparently like somebody locked him out of his Hamptons house or something like that. And he got a text during the ball game, But. We go back to his superstition of his sock hole. What is, uh, what's your like leading, what's your leading headline for like Andy Laz 
baseball superstition? I always had uh, to put my uniform in a specific order. So I would go sliders, socks, stirrups, pants, shirt, jersey, hat, wristbands, belt. Belt would be the last. And I'd always have to line up the buckle with the buttons. And then, you know, from there, you know, who knows what happened. But I did that once. So all you know. so, so like Keith, very clothing superstition based. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know how me and you get after it on the golf course. Yeah, you know, right. It's it's costuming. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was over. I, I was. I came by your house the other day for the uh, final four, and your lady. She she pointed out. You know, she wanted my approval. She was like, you know, we've we've up. She we've she up Andy's golf game. She respects your flair on the course respects your kit you know more than say you know some of the other guys more than say nate craig more than nate craig (laughs) more than semel um you know yeah so and and you know she she made it a point we said we she said we went to a golf store and we upped andy's level and i was like dude he showed up one day and the level it was like it was a whole new like the swag meter was was pinned to 11 yeah and right and that and you can't go back you know yeah. now you're now i think you're like into this. here's the thing it's like with golf like i feel like you really have to just accept you know you can be a pissed off teenager like nate craig and like not tie your shoes and like you know not tucking your shirt and like do all that stuff but yeah, at a certain point, like when you accept it and you let the waves of cool golf kits wash over you, it's a great feeling. Well, you know, my thing is my, my buddy Pizza Star, who we will definitely have to have on this show at, uh, at some point because he has, you know, he has a professional baseball background in addition to his yeah, yeah. regular golfing. Um, you know, he is one of those guys where he goes, uh, it's all about the subtlety for me. I want to be able to go from the golf course uh, to, you know, to the restaurant and have lunch, like, you know, an off the course place. And no one even knew I was golfing. And I was like, that seems, I don't so... like that one bit. I, I said, I don't that's... like it one bit. I was like, it seems so wrong because I mean, so many golfers historically have been swaggy. Yeah. It really is like, you know, it's a thing where it's like swagging out is part of the game. The idea of, of, being the you know the everyman approach i was like i'll never i'll never uh, no no that's dumb it's crazy like yeah it's crazy like i mean i've been golfing for eight uh, months i er, i've I, in eight months i've already bought two different cardigans solely to go with golf outfits right <laughs> right and you don't have to wear your golf outfits anywhere but the golf course right right but what is pete wants to slide in somewhere and nobody noticed is he is he a spy what i mean like who cares i don't like that at all that's not how i feel um it's not how i feel you know this was all you know brought on by the superstition i also had uh i also had kit related baseball superstitions and that was yeah i laid out and it was very specific how i laid it out uh i laid out my uniform night before every game just like you, uh, it was it was a very specific order. I'd fold my pants 
and put those down. I would then fold uh, my jersey on top of that, whatever my undershirt was on top of the jersey, hat. Yeah. Hat, if it was, if it was, you know, pre high school when the hat wasn't just like in the locker, uh, right. Hat would go on top of that, uh, turn, you know, bent in half. So, like, you know, like it would sit on a shelf. And then behind, yeah. behind the hat would be, uh, would be socks, stirrups, uh, almost hoisting the hat up, uh, to keep, to, you know, to mind the form. And that always had to be ready to go. So I could say, I could get up and I, could look at my uniform in the morning and then it was just like thrown into a bag, but, but yeah. it had to be laid out and I could just put it in and belt wrapped with those socks belt wrapped with those socks. And then I think I've talked about it on this show as well. My manager superstition was always in my uh, sunflower CDD. We had, yeah. uh, we had pregame uh, spits flavor. You had a lot of seeds. A Pre- lot of seeds. Yeah. We had a pregame yeah. spitz flavor. And that was that actually came about because going with the black pepper spitz all day will like put a hole in your face. So it will. So I was like black pepper just for pregame. And then we set mm-hmm. those aside. Then we would go uh dill pickle for the ball game. And then when in doubt or like when when in need. We would go uh, the 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 spicy chili for a rally. We had rally. We had rally seeds. Wow, wow. That that takes a lot of discipline. Because if I had those, I mean, with the gays, we have a lot of seed choices. And there's a couple of guys who are like, you know, seed foodies, like you are, you know. And so there's black pepper. There's dill pickle. There's the habanero. And I am just mixing and matching the whole time. I don't have the discipline. Not in the mouth together, though. Uh, no, not in the mouth together, but like. But a handful of this, you know, handful of that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling like I, I gotta say, I really do like the dill pickle. The dill pickle is good, and the dill pickle, it's a, it's like a mild dish. That's the one where you could, you could eat it the whole game. And yes. then the, and then the sweet chili. I think it was like the sweet chili onion or something. I forget what it was. The sweet chili. That's a purple. Yeah. Ba- that was a purple bag, and that was literally. I mean, you remember my assistant coach Cam? That was yeah, literally. Cam. It wasn't in a glass case that said "break in case of emergency," but it was. Right. Ba- it was in a you know a theoretical break in case of emergency. He'd be like, "I don't know, man. It's the top of the six, and we're down four runs. If you don't pull them well, now, might, uh, if you don't yeah, pull them what now, are we when do pull them." And I'm like, "I don't yeah. know if we need them." But he's like, you got to go get him. I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> and what was funny is that it was like the rally monkey. Like when I went to the bag and pulled it out. Yeah. And once the team knew about the superstition. Oh, uh, they got hyped. They would be like, oh, fuck. He's, you know, and then guys were coming around. Give me some of those. Give me some of those rally seeds. I mean, they almost be, it sounds like they're becoming like the green m and Yeah. You know? It's going to be interesting this season when the gays finally start playing, like, you know, cause I quit dipping this, this been dip free for five months yep. and that's going to be the first real test. And what kind of seeds are my, what kind of replacement seeds I'm going to get into. And, are these and, all Davids? Were you oh, Davids I, I, only? I was a full spits man. Oh, spits. Right. Those are good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a full spitz guy and w- it's too bad though. Cause I used to love David's back in the day, but once I got to the spits, I couldn't go back. 
Yeah. Um, but New Balance has it put will. out some New Balance has put out speaking of kits, if you guys have young baseball playing children or if you're still like swaggy softball guys or something, they uh David's and Big League Chew both have uh both have New Balance swagginess. There's like Big League Chew looking cleats, David's sunflower seeds looking cleats, turfies, slides, they're badass. Really? Yeah. Really? So my That's brother, my, my brother got those for his, his children. His children are swagging out with, you know, nice. those. Um, the last thing I want to do before we do dude of the week and, uh, and wrap up the show. Have you seen the, uh, your boy, Angel Hernandez stories? I have seen that a judge told Angel Hernandez, no, sir. You're just bad at your job. Yep. That's why people don't like you. <laughs> and now it's becoming uh it's becoming a thing that like so basically he had a racial discrimination suit against Major League Baseball that was dismissed by the US district judge and a U.S. district judge. Hold on. It got up to the U.S. district judgeship? Yep. That's ridiculous. And they they rule that the MLB is, uh, you know, totally right in not letting him call World Series and whatever. And and the reason is, the explicit reason MLB offers that according to Joe Torre, Hernandez has not demonstrated the leadership ability and situation management skills in critical high pressure roles on a consistent basis. Uh, and a, a, a U.S. district judge looks at all the facts and comes back and has to make a ruling that Angel Hernandez is indeed, as far as the U.S. justice system is concerned, totally fucking clueless. <laughs> yes that's a win for america and then you know? and that's then a win for everybody and then literally everybody has now jumped onto this train of like proving repeatedly how incompetent <laughs> he is uh so in the angels astros game hernandez was was the home plate umpire for Houston's 4-2 win. To say he had a rather large strike zone throughout the game would be a massive understatement. Here's a video that shows all the questionable ball strike calls Hernandez made in a contest. And the video's like a minute and 15 seconds long. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. So at this point now, Angel Hernandez has the U.S. justice system and all fans of major league baseball working hard to prove his incompetence, which begs the question, can we get rid of this fucking guy? Like what? Like here's the real question, Joe, like does angel Hernandez, did the 12 year old angel Hernandez want to become the worst umpire in the history of umpiring? Was that his goal? Right. Because it seems like that's his goal. Like, it seems like this is what he like wanted. He wanted to go to court and have a judge say, I mean, he's got to know he's the worst. Yeah. He's got to have seen these video of him calling 
you know, balls in the dirt strikes. But still he insists that, you know, it's racially motivated or whatever. I mean, this hasn't just started. This has been going on for fucking 20 years. If, if like, is he manic? Like, I mean, I'm not a doctor. What's wrong with this man? I, I, I agree. It's like, it almost feels like he is, you know, some sort of corporate criminal. Like, it almost feels like he's got like the, the Bernie Madoff thing going where he's like, I'm in too deep. I, I was committed to being the worst, but now there's no way out. So now I'm just going to be worse. So I'm just going like, to lean into it. I'm just going to lean into it and like have them, you know, I'm going to force the U.S justice system to say i'm the worst i'm gonna force major league baseball fans to like spend write theses on how i'm the worst <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable it's, it's weird it's who the weirdest is, thing who is worse at their job i mean we we impeached donald trump twice you know what i mean yeah. like he was bad right. at his job first of all he wasn't as bad as his job as angel hernandez this is as bad as his job no and they were no. like we got to get rid of this guy angel joe tory gives the u.s justice system a statement saying that angel hernandez is incompetent but meanwhile can they not just fire him uh i don't know i don't is know this, how the umpire is it a, they must have a very powerful union right he's hurting their union <laughs> Like well, certainly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like, this like is... Angel Hernandez is some kind of 007, and this is all a like a, a smokescreen for what he's really doing. Like, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't if, make sense, even from a union perspective. The union should, uh, they should hoffa him. They should just murder him. <laughs> they yeah. should just have. I need a five and a half hour Scorsese movie about how eventually Robert De Niro took Angel in the Hernandez movie. Right, right, right. In the movie of the murder of Angel Hernandez, who gets him? Is it Cowboy Joe West? <laughs> you know, like his best friend. <laughs> Is it the cowboy gets him finally? Like they got fucking Tommy and fucking. Uh, um, good I fellas. Just, I just hope Adam Hamari's also at the dinner and like has to, you know, <laughs> it, it dies in the uh, with overflow bullets. Right. Adam Hamari, Angel Hernandez, uh, Cowboy Joe West all go down as the five heads of the five families of the worst umpires ever. If they ever get put on the same crew, we should just do baseball a favor and fucking whack them all out. <laughs> like, the you're welcome. Well, that you're welcome baseball it's, it's too bad that they're you know they have their own locker room and they're not like the guy like a, every other umpire is putting on their gear out of their trunk and we could just come by and, and <laughs> right. mow down the three fucking biggest clowny clowns they also they also have a uniform superstition and it's that they put on their size 40 clown shoes last <laughs> last wouldn't I'm it gonna, be great if Oh yeah, go ahead. Go I'm gonna ahead. let I was you say would hmm. go. You, I'll let you finish as I as I send this to you. I'm gonna, I'm okay, this. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, wouldn't it be great that if uh, if the ones who finally got the three worst umpires were just three robot umpires come in the umpire locker room, take them out, 
and then just go about being robot umpires. Oh my God. That's like a, that's like a, like an awesome Terminator. Right. Like the, ro- <laughs> right. They're right. like the John the Connor. Cylons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but we want them dead. Right. <laughs> we want them dead. So robot umpires can take over. Yeah, exactly. We want them dead exactly. because we want Skynet to rule. Right. Right. Please Skynet come save us from Angel Hernandez. I have sent you um, the only competition that we have for uh, Nick Castellanos due to the week, which is mm. um, the Bartolo Colon Jim Beamad, <laughs> <laughs> where Bartolo Colon is playing three different people in a Jim Beam commercial. He's playing an old pitcher. He's playing himself hitting bombs. He's playing a fan whose beer he hits a home run into uh, and then repl- and then convinces that convinces himself to drink, start drinking Jim beam instead of beer flexing on, I mean, on, on a downed pitcher over home plate, Ty Lou Allen Iverson stepping over Ty Lou at home plate by Nick Castellanos pretty strong, but Bartolo Colon playing three roles in a Jim beam commercial. <laughs> Very strong. I mean, I think we leave it up to the listeners. Uh, is it let them vote for dude of the week? Uh, right into our Gmail account, dirty slides at Gmail. Who gets dude of the week? The Nick Castellanos flex or the Bartolo Cologne Eddie Murphy flex? And if you and if you uh, if you tweet at Twitter support and we get dirty slides Twitter back, we'll put up a poll. Yeah, and, and settle it once and for all. We'll retroactively go back and give all due to the weeks. So I'm going to write down our due to the week potentials for week one. And we'll keep, we'll keep a list of these for the year is yes. uh, Bartolo versus uh, Bartolo ad versus Castellanos flex. <laughs> Laz, what do you got to uh, promote for this week? Um, I actually have um we are putting together an online poker tournament, 50, 50 um, poker tournament to raise some money for the field. So we can get this season started. It's going to be April 24th. I will tweet out the flyer along with hopefully next week, a brand new um, gaze video to uh, get the season started. Where, so, uh, where would people watch past gaze videos? Um, there are gaze videos on my YouTube, Andy Lazarus on, uh, and on Venice gaze, Instagram. Great. You can, yeah. Check so, that out there. So follow the at Venice gaze on Instagram, uh, go to Andy last subscribe to Andy Lazarus on YouTube, uh, and keep your eye out for this poker tournament, which I will absolutely, I told you the other day, I'll absolutely be participating in this. It's basically all I do these days when I'm not golfing with you or watching baseball, um, and I'm often doing it while I'm watching baseball is playing some certainly online, playing some online poker. Um, yeah. so, so I'll be in there and hopefully some dirt Sweet. balls will, will, uh, and sliders. will. Yeah. Hopefully. Off. Yeah. It's 50 bucks. Who knows how much you could win, you know, $20 rebuy rate review and subscribe to this podcast. Um, Saw some great reviews last week. Would love to see some great reviews this week. Would love to climb the charts now that we're back and we're doing this every week, guys. We're here every week. It's been a while since we've been every week. Show us some love in the rate, the rating, and the reviewing and the subscribing. 
uh, when we get the final odds on uh, Randy for ROI and it's all booked, I will reply to those of you on Twitter, let you know how much, or on uh, Venmo, let you know how much uh, you're, you're rooting for to come back to you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. You can follow me on all other social media at Joe Prano. I actually just put up a uh, some new stand-up comedy on um, excellent, TikTok. excellent. Some I just put that up on TikTok and it'll be going up on Instagram. Did some golf jokes, which I think you'll like, Andy. And uh, can't uh, wait. And follow Andy Lazarus on uh, Twitter at Andy Lazarus. Correct. Yeah, everything at Andy Lazarus. Everything. Everything. At Andy Lazarus, guys. Thank you for tuning in, Laz. Thank you for being here. And remember, as always, fuck Angel Hernandez. Fuck him!